We greet you all in the name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, and truly it is a joy when we can gather together uh, as a body of believers from various parts of the world and, and share together and see each other, and some of us have known each other for a long time but haven't seen each other more in recent times, and, and these are times of joy, um, and so we relish in that. But at this time, let's turn our focus to the Lord, let's turn our focus to the Word, and let's see what He would have for us in this, in this morning. So let's turn to Him in prayer. Our gracious God, our Father in heaven, Lord, we look to Thee and ask Thee that Thy Spirit would be felt here in our midst this morning hour as we would open Thy Word and consider the truths from its pages. As we would, Lord, look to Thee, Father, we would pray, Lord, that Thy Spirit would fill us with Thy wisdom and with Thy power. Father, as only thou art able to do. Lord, blessed be thy name. We want to lift up thy, thy name and thank thee for all that thou dost do for us. And so we just pray thee. May thy spirit work in our hearts and in our minds as we consider this thy word. For we pray this in the blessed name of Jesus. Amen. Well, this morning, let's turn and read together from the uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power." that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of, the, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. 
But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. May God bless the reading of his word. Humankind operates on one of two planes. One, one plane, uh, which perhaps probably most operate on, is the natural man um, and, and what he would experience and, and that which would be uh, of a physical nature. And then the other one would be on a spiritual plane. And that would be us, Lord, who have uh, accepted the Lord as, uh, as, our, as Savior of our lives and have experienced that redemption power through belief in his name. And so those that would operate on, on the natural man plane have to have these physical experiences. They have to know, they have to, everything that they know, they experience through either their physical sensories of sight and, and sound and feeling. And, and all that they know would be the wisdom of man and, and all that can be experienced through that natural man state. But those of us who have believed in the, in the name of our Lord and our Savior Jesus and have accepted him as our Savior have risen above that plane and are operated by the Spirit of God. And as we've prayed together, we, we can't thank God enough for what he has done for us in, in giving unto us this, this divine power to have this divine nature that he's given unto us, as Peter records in his epistle. And so we are blessed when we come to know what Jesus Christ has done and the life of Jesus Christ and the power of his word and are risen from this, from this state of, of, of this plane that is of the natural man and have risen to that which is a, of a spiritual man. Thanks be to God for that. And we've come to know his wisdom and his power through that, that as, as we experience God and as we live out his will in our lives and as we bear fruit for him, as we abide on the vine, as he directs us in the spirit, and as we have these experiences with God, that we are operating on this spiritual plane. And we walk by faith and not by sight. So praise be to God for that. And the Apostle Paul has experienced that, that he, he was once living in, in that natural state of, of man. And he thought he was doing God's service by persecuting the church. But until the light of Jesus Christ has shined upon him, he didn't know the wisdom or the power of God. But now he knew, knew it, and, and he went forth, and he, as he was used by God to preach uh, the gospel throughout all Asia Minor and to write these epistles that he has written. And as he writes here to the, Corinth, to the church in Corinth, he speaks, as we read here in this chapter, and he says, And I, brethren, when I came unto you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. He's saying, I, I didn't come to you in... in this, in this state of, of operating on this plane of the natural man. But he's saying, I'm coming to you operating in the, in the, on the plane of a spiritual man. And so he's saying, I'm not coming, my speech isn't going to be with enticing words or I'm not going to display the uh, philosophies of the Greeks and all these things. He's saying, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not coming in that spirit as I'm declaring unto you the testimony of God. And so that's... that's that's the message, the ultimate message, is the testimony of God. But the way he's delivering this message of the testimony of God is on that spiritual plane. 
And so he says, continues on, says, For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. That was, that was the message. That was what everything was about. Everything revolved about that, around that was Jesus Christ and him crucified. There were many questions in this time. There was, there was, there was the law that, uh, uh, that was in place for such a long time, and then Jesus Christ comes in the flesh, and he's, he's crucified, he's arisen, and the apostles are taking over, and there's much confusion. And, and, Jesus, or, and the Apostle Paul here is just simply saying, well, my message isn't going to be anything about anything other than Jesus Christ and him crucified. And so he, be, he begins this epistle, and, he, and he's writing here in the first chapter. He's saying, For the preaching of the cross is unto them that perish foolishness, but unto us uh, which are saved it is the power of God. And so he, he's saying this is the message. It's the, pre, uh, it's the preaching of the cross. And, and if you're operating on a natural plane, if, if, you're, if you're still abiding in the Judaic law or if you're abiding in the philosophy of the Greek and the wisdom of the Greek, this, this uh, message of the cross is foolishness and you're going to perish. But unto us which are saved, this is the power of God. And so this theme of, of the power of God is, is, um, is written quite a few times, three times in, in, in these first two chapters at least. And so he, he, he's continuing on, and, and he says, It pleased God that by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. This, is, this was God's way. And, and again, if you're operating on a, on a natural man plane, to, to think of, of to believe in a God that you can't physically experience, you can't see him, you can't physically hear him, you can't touch him, that's foolishness to believe in something like that. That's to operate at a lower plane. But we know that to operate on a spiritual plane is actually a plane above the natural man. And so God, in his wisdom, is saying that it, it pleased God that by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so the Apostle Paul is saying, this is the power of God. The Jews require a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. And that message that Paul preached at this time can be no different today. That it's, we, we preach Christ and him crucified. And that through faith in what he has done for us, we have eternal life. And so that's the message, that we preach Christ crucified. Unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Us who operate on this plane, this spiritual plane, a plane that's above the natural man, we recognize that Christ, he is the power of God and the wisdom of God. And so as we believe God and, and, and as we have faith in the son that he has given, the Bible says that Jesus Christ, who uh, of God is made unto us, he, Jesus Christ has made unto us wisdom and righteousness, sanctification and redemption. This is what Jesus Christ is to us. And so as we're operating on a, on a spiritual plane, on a plane that is above that natural man, that we can rise above having to experience physically this life, that we operate by faith, by believing in that which we cannot see, we have Jesus Christ who has accounted unto us wisdom and righteousness 
sanctification and redemption. We have all these things as we operate on this spiritual plane, this, this plane that is above the natural man. And again, we can't do this of ourselves. God, God has given unto us divine power that we can take on this divine nature. And as Brother Mark prayed, we simply can't thank God enough for that. Our words run out. Our, 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 our thoughts and expressions, they fall short. We cannot thank God that he has given unto us this divine power to take on this divine nature that we can have wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption through the belief of the preaching of Christ and him crucified. Thanks be to God for all these things. And so the Apostle Paul continues here and he says, and I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. Again, he didn't come on, on the natural um, on a natural man plane, but he came in a, in a spiritual plane. And he's saying, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. This was what God, uh, God had worked through the Apostle Paul, that as, as he went forth throughout all Asia Minor there, and, and he had... He had went to the synagogues, and the, and the Bible says that as he entered into a certain city, what he would do is, is reason out the scriptures in the synagogues with the Jews and point that Jesus was the Messiah. And, and there was demonstration of the Spirit and of power there through the Apostle Paul. And he came on this plane, on this spiritual plane, that our faith would not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. There are many eloquent men that can speak very well on the scriptures. But he's saying that our faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Again, this is the power of God, that we would have life through belief in the, in the, in the preaching of the crucifixion and of, of the cross, Christ crucified. This is the power of God, that we have this power unto salvation, that we've been given this divine power to, to uh, have this divine nature. And he says, Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, or complete, or have this fullness in, in Christ. Yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. There there's wisdom that the Greeks had, and, there, and they shared that wisdom. But it but it didn't have them to experience what can be experienced on the spiritual plane that we're called to by the power of God. He says, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. This is, uh, this is what he's speaking of, of this mystery that was from the, from, uh, uh, it was a hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world, on, before the world unto our glory. This was, this was the wisdom of God that God had ordained from, from the very beginning. That we, would that we would be partakers of this mystery, this mystery of godliness. And he writes to Timothy, uh, the Apostle Paul, and says, This is uh, great is the mystery of godliness. And then there's a colon. And here's the mystery of godliness God was manifest in the flesh. Something our minds fully can't comprehend. That God was manifest in the flesh. He was justified in the spirit. 
seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. This is the mystery that God had, had ordained, that all the, the law, that was all to point to Jesus Christ. And as we heard last night, that, that Jesus Christ was everywhere in the Old Testament. And, and it was all pointing to Jesus Christ. And he arrived on, this, on the scene, and, and the Jews missed it. They didn't realize that, that this was their Messiah. They were looking, they were operating on a natural plane. They wanted a king that would, would take their, king, their, their country back from the Roman Empire. They were operating on the natural man plane. But this is the wisdom of God. This was, this was that mystery that, through, that we would believe in Jesus Christ, that he was come here in the flesh, that he lived a perfect and sinless life, that he taught us the way, that he died upon a cross, shedding his blood, whereby we might receive forgiveness of sins, that he was buried, and that he arose again, and then he ascended and is at the Father's right hand, interceding for each of, each of us. We have this faith, and we believe that this is true. And God has, God has blessed us with, with this revelation that we would have this wisdom, this righteousness, this sanctification, and this redemption that, we can, that only can be had through Jesus Christ through our, and through our faith in him. But as it is written, here the, uh, the Apostle Paul now is quoting the Old Testament, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things that God hath prepared for them that love him. On a natural plane, we would never be able to experience what God has prepared for us who love him, who give unto him our, our very hearts, who make, for those of us who make Jesus Christ first, above any relationship we might have, above any possession we might have, above any aspiration we might have, if we make Jesus Christ first, what, what God has prepared for us, we've never experienced it. Mankind has never experienced it. Eye has not seen nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man these things which God hath prepared for us who love him. But he continues on, and this next verse goes along with it. And, he, and, and uh, the Bible here says, But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. So when we're operating not on the natural man plane, but on the spiritual man plane, God is revealing these things unto us. And so we might say, okay, well, how is it that we're experiencing these things which eye has not seen nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man? The wisdom of this, of this world will never give us the love, the peace, and the joy that we can experience in this life. But when we operate on this spiritual plane that God has called us to, and we, and we are partakers of this divine nature, we experience this love, the love that God has for us, unworthy as we are. Again, as Brother Mark prayed, un unworthy as we are. We weren't worthy to receive such love and such grace and such mercy and such forgiveness and such compassion and such blessings and so forth and so on that has been uh, given to us. We're, we weren't worthy of it, but God gave that to us because of his great, great love. And then beyond that, a hope of salvation that we won't experience any crying or any more maladies of this life that we experience here. And no more temptation. 
So God hath revealed to us these things to us by his spirit. And so for, we go forth in this joy and this peace that come what may, come what may, I can have this love. I can have this peace in, in my heart. I can have this joy that's unending. Come what may in this life. We experience these things. These are the deep things of God. He has made his, his spirit manifest to us, and we rejoice in that. I appreciate a song that, that captures this well, that, that when we are with Jesus, we are with Jesus, that all our needs are met, and we are experiencing these things that eye has not seen, nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man, those things which are on the natural man plane. The song says, If walls there weren't jasper, if streets were not gold, if mansions would crumble and folks still grew old, Still I would see everything I've been longing to see, for where Jesus is, that will be heaven for me. And so that's what, makes, that's what makes us to abide on the spiritual plane, is that we have the Holy Spirit abiding in our hearts. We have this closeness with Jesus. He has blessed us, and he has blessed us richly. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him, even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of, of God. And so he's saying, if you're operating on a natural man plane, you only know the things that you see. You only know the things you hear. You only know the things you feel. You only know the wisdom of man. That's, that's it. You can't operate on any other plane. You, you don't know anything else. And so that's what the, this verse is saying. We can't know, if we're abiding in, in the natural man state, we, don't, we, we can't experience the, the things which uh, uh, are of the Spirit of God. And so he continues on and, and he says, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that he, we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. These things have been given unto us. Again, the divine power has given us the ability to take upon ourselves the divine nature. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural, natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, unto them, unto him, Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. If, if, we're op if a man is operating on the natural man plane, he cannot know the things of God because that's where his limitations are. His limitations are upon this plane of a natural man. But those of us who believe in Jesus Christ and, and have, have, have accepted this wisdom of the preaching of Jesus Christ and him crucified... We rise above this natural man state and we live on the spiritual man state. And because we live in the spiritual man state, we understand what, what's happening on the natural man plane because we've been there, but we're, we're, we're also partakers of the spiritual man and, and the, that which the Spirit of God gives. And so that's what the Bible here is speaking of. So, we're so the Bible here, the Apostle Paul is saying that, that he's, he's coming to them in this spirit, in this spirit of speaking upon that which is spiritual and that which rises above the natural man. 
So he's comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the, uh, the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. So a, a, a man that's, that's spiritual, he knows what it's like to abide in, in the natural man state, for he once was there. So he is able to judge all things. But a man that's operating on the, on the natural man state, he only knows that, and he, would, he, doesn't, he doesn't experience or he doesn't know what it's like to um, operate on the spiritual plane, and therefore he, can, he, can be, he can't judge a man who's on, on such a plane. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that, he, that we may, he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Thanks be to God that he's given unto us this grace, that we can rise above those things which are our base, which God is calling us to something that's far greater, that we would rise above that which would be simply what we see, feel, touch, hear, know of, of man. And so the Apostle Paul was, was really driving this home right here, right uh, beginning of this epistle that he's writing here to those in Corinth. He's speaking to them, and, and in the next chapter he's saying, I, I can't even come to you on this spiritual plane because you, you're, you're carnal. You're, you're, there's divisions among you, and there's strife, and there's envy. And, you're, and some of you are saying you're of Paul, and some of you are saying you're of Apollos or of Peter or of Christ. If, you're, if there's divisions among you, you're operating on this, on this natural man plane, and I'm calling you to something higher, and it's about Jesus Christ. It's only about him and about him crucified. And so at the end of the next chapter, chapter 3, he's saying, don't glory in men. Don't glory in men. And sometimes when we're operating on this natural man and, and, and we have a lapse to go back into that natural man, we might, we might think more highly of some and, and less of others. And we might have an esteem for some men and, and hold them in high regard. And we might think, well, if, even if I have an association with this person, that I'm in a better standing. Not so. Not so. The Apostle Paul is saying here in the uh, next chapter at the end, he's saying, The Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise, that they are vain. The wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. And so he's saying, Therefore, let no man glory in men. Let no man glory in men. For all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or things present or things to come, all are yours in your Christ and Christ is God's. So we glory in the Lord. And even as um, the first chapter ends, the last verse, it says, according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. We can glory in the Lord because he has given unto us this wisdom and this power that the natural man would, can never experience and can never know without a faith in Jesus Christ. Praise be to God that we can glory in the Lord, that we can say, I know what God has done for me. I've experienced his love. I experienced joy in the Lord. I have a peace in my heart. And these things are given unto me because of what God has done for me and because of who he is and not because of what I've done or what my accomplishments are or who I know or what I know. All things are ours. God has given unto us great gifts. God has given unto us 
this great blessing that we might operate on this spiritual plane, that we might know him. And so may it be that we would always glory in the Lord and for what he has done for us. Amen.